0: Make space for God. Make space for Jesus. Make space for sorrow. Make space for joy. Make space for the quiet. Make space for the loud. Make space to be strong and soft. Make space to hear the Lord.
1: Welcome back to another episode of the Become Good Soil podcast. We are diving into part three of a four-part series where I had the incredible joy to linger over time with Jonathan David and Melissa Helser to dive into their newest album, The Land I'm Living In, to feature some songs from some earlier albums, and to get the heart of what God was up to in them and through them as they birthed these songs into the world. There's a quote that comes to me as I reflect on where we're about to go in part three, where Eugene Peterson says, God is the country in which I live. Just think about that for a moment an aged soul, a wise guide that says he's become the kind of person who declares God is the country in which I live. In Dallas Willard's biography, Becoming Dallas Willard, written by Gary Moon, he talks about this idea of mutual indwelling, where he says he became the kind of person that finds Christ is in me and I am in the Father. And so there's this mutual indwelling, God in me and me in God. And Dallas goes as far to say the big revelation of his life, to understand Paul's theology, you have to experience the revelation of secure attachment. You have to experience bodily, Union with God. And it's from this place of union that we begin to understand reality as it was meant to be. And so, in that spirit, we dive in with Melissa and Jonathan with these big ideas of orienting our lives around God, to have a God shaped life, a God sized life, not just pushing things back in order that we can fit God into our life, but to have the kind of soul that says, I have space for God, that God is first, God is, God is last, God is everything. As the ancient prayer says, glory be to God the Father and to the Son as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Friends, that's where we are intended to live from, and it's through relationships with people like Jonathan and Melissa that we can go ever further down the recovery of this ancient path that leads to life as it was meant to be. And so, as I've mentioned in past episodes, the 18-inch journey is an amazing discipleship program that Melissa and Jonathan have cultivated on their farm and land in Sophia, North Carolina. We've got the Cageless Birds and all the music created by Jonathan and Melissa Helser. You can find it everywhere music is played. And now we're going to turn. To dive in to part three of this four-part series, The Land I'm Living In. Jonathan, I've heard you say in multiple places, in the garden, it began with a kiss. What do you mean? What what is it that why why that?
2: Yeah, well, we see in Genesis God get messy. He he speaks everything we've seen so far. And then he kneels in the mud and he scoops up a lump of clay and there's dirt under his fingernails as he's fashioning a son in his image, fashioning a man, fashioning one in his image. And then he, he kneels and he breathes into him um, and he, he kisses the dust and, and breathes life into mud um, and makes... Uh, makes us so i love psalm 103 where david says uh, he remembers that we are dust yeah. and it often causes me to like oh god remembers that first kiss like i'll never forget my first kiss with my bride uh when our our you know much of our love story began as um our we touched one another in that way. And, and God chose to get messy. His first moment with us was to get messy and then kiss us. And then you see in, in Luke 15, where the, the father runs down the road and he kisses this son that smells like a pig pit. Um, and he's recreating him, just as we were created in the garden, he's kissing his son and recreating him, kissing the mud once again.
1: That's so good. Oh. One more to get us started and sort of be a diving board into the album. Melissa, you made this comment when you were unpacking um, this album in an interview that I'd never heard anyone say before. And you said, you pastor people in the waiting. And, And Melissa, like, we don't wait for anything. In this culture. Are you kidding? When you talk to young people, a season could be mean like a week, maybe a month, right? And like, are you kidding? You can, you like my kids now order their coffee on the way to the coffee shop and someone's like standing there to give it to them. And that's just normal, right? So you pastor people in the waiting. That sounds so unattractive and yet i want it what do you mean how does that in some ways feature one angle of this work the land i'm living in
0: i love thinking about how different jonathan and i are he loves solitude and silence and i really love people and pasturing and i'm like we're even we're right now we're in his kind of man cave studio, and it's like painted really dark. And he he comes down here. I'll come down sometimes, and he's just sitting in the dark by himself. It's like my worst nightmare. Like, he comes down here, and I go on our deck and sit out in the sun as it's rising in the morning. It's just like, it's so dramatically different. Even, I think, just Jonathan's patience with the Lord is very different than mine. And so I think over the last 20-plus years, like I've really—waiting for healing has um, forced me to learn um, a very deep expression of patience with the Lord and realizing that I couldn't really just do what I wanted to do and get God to do what I wanted Him to do, right? Like, I— it didn't matter and hasn't like hear me out you know like the praying the fasting they're like if i do this this and this god then i can force god's hand to do what i want him to do and to do it quicker and in my time frame and that just hasn't been the case and so i think that there's been this very deep um well that's been dug with me and the lord mm. around the issue of patience and Where I feel it coming, where I really feel it coming out in our worship. Because I mean, when we go to make a set list, if it's like an hour set, you know, we'll write down maybe five songs and then we're like, we're not going to get to all these songs. Like, there's no way. You know, for some people, that would be like, I need eight songs for an hour. For us, it's like, oh, we'll probably do three, maybe. (laughs) <laughs> the night we led with the women, I think we we did three songs in two hours and ten minutes. And so I think what what's happening, like pastoring in, people in the waiting, is like when you have someone you really trust that is leading you into something, it's really different, right? Like and and to have people's trust is a very sacred mm-hmm. thing that we don't we don't take lightly at all. And to be able to actually lead people into a posture of waiting on the Lord. And when, if we don't feel anxious that we're like just sitting in the music, what I've, what I typically have experienced is that the people don't feel anxious because they're following us. Like when you're in the car with someone and as long as you feel confident that they know where they're going, you don't really question that they know where they're going. It's not until they're like, I don't know where I am, and I think we took the wrong turn that you're like, oh gosh, you're you're not leading me in a good place. Does that make sense? And so I think
3: mm-hmm. I think
0: the more that we have we are learning to steward the waiting, the patience with the Lord, actually, the more time in worship I want to spend waiting on the Lord. We have the privilege of having a band that's very close that's that's very deep friends and so we have and they're very good musicians so I mean the last decade we've spent so much time just in musical moments that have no words and and I love that because you know you you say something to the Lord and then the music is the rain. It's it like takes the seed down into the soil of your heart. Mm. And when we can just be patient in those moments um it creates it's such an offering to the Lord I think more than anything because worship is, is such a beautiful gift that we have right now and the worship movement I mean where we are is so different than we where we were 10 years ago and I think just being able to stretch people's capacity to be in the presence of the Lord without overtaking it with agenda you know and it was just beautiful my sister actually after we released I'm your beloved, She called me and she was like, "I'm sitting watching this with you know a bunch of like YWAMers, students and staff, and she's like, being able to watch you wait on the Lord is very powerful." I'm like, "Wow, I guess that is like there's a moment in I'm Your Beloved where it's a it's a decent amount of time with no words, it's just music, but where we were waiting on the Lord, we had no idea where the Lord wanted to go, and to act like we did. That's unnecessary. And then to cut that part out of the final expression, what went on the album would be such a disservice to the people that are learning how to be in the presence of the Lord. Like it because mm. we could have, we could have, you know, chopped it and just put the two ends right. together Cleaned and speed it up. Move right. speed it up. Let's move quickly from mo- one moment. We don't want people to get, you know, like where are they going? Um but we decided to lean into, like, no, if people are going to listen to 22 Minutes, they trust us. Like, <laughs> they, if they're going to dive exactly. in that deep, then they exactly. trust that we are taking them to a good place. And the one of the most beautiful things we can give them is the time in between that I think we're all really craving, you know, like, just space to let the words affect us. And to not have to keep digesting
1: more and more and more and more, right? That slow watering of soil where it's not running off, you know, it's not it's not like a wadi where it's a flood and it's gone. It's this slow saturation. I think of a beautiful parallel. Sherry spent over fifteen years um, becoming a pretty well trained teacher in body work, doing mindfulness and movement, Christ-centered yoga, and. She takes people into their body, and one of the things she talks about a lot is she will move someone into a pose that introduces some discomfort, and then the invitation is learning how to stay with a bit of discomfort and breathe, and then you find you're perfectly safe, you're okay, and you actually cultivate the ability to be uncomfortable and be well off. And it's all about your spirit, right? Our body's the temple. And so we're actually training this vessel to be able to manifest the same reality in our spiritual living. And so it, it, when you describe your sister and the YWAMers and their experience of watching you, like in, it's it's actually the opposite of the flesh and performance. It's actually invite, it's actually intimacy. You're You're risking inviting them into an intimate place to see this is my way of being with my God and you can have it as well. There, you know, in God's economy, it's available to all. Wow, yeah. that's it's amazing. so beautiful. And
0: you just want, i my desire is that people would have, would be able to sit in a moment longer than five minutes. Like that slow expansion of capacity, you know, is really important to us. Mm.
2: The land I'm living in, you know, every time we go to do an album, um, we're like, what do we, what's the title gonna be? Um, and uh, our last album was Beautiful Surrender, uh, which we didn't really know. It's like when you uh, you name your children, um, we named our son Cadence, and he is a fierce, confident leader, but we should have known that when we mm. named him Cadence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and our daughter Haven, we named Haven uh, and she is this peaceful, unanxious presence in such an incredible way. Uh, when we named the album Beautiful Surrender, we didn't realize what a painful surrender. and beautiful <laughs> surrender it was gonna be. But every album I can look back and I'm like, we weren't just naming a project, we were we were marking a season. We were defining a moment of our, our season and we were kind of saying, this is who God's been for us and this is who God's gonna be for us. And so the land I'm living in, this new album, really comes from Psalm 27 and it's the end of Psalm 27 where David says, I believe I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land I'm living in. And he's prophesying the goodness of God into his tomorrow. And uh, Psalm 27 for us became this anchor really when COVID hit. We did this worship night at our house right before COVID the full COVID where we all had to couldn't be in a room with more than 10 people. It was kind of like the last night before that, that kind of mandate went out and we got about 12 to 15 people in our living room. And we did this worship night that we ended up filming. Um, And Psalm 27 is how we opened that night. And we were singing over the world. We will see the goodness of the Lord in the land we're living in. And then long story short, that led to us going, what if we actually recorded our next album in the land we're living in here in Sofia, where me and Melissa live and where the 18 inch journey and the Cageless Birds where our school happens. And um, so that's, that's what this new album is, is recorded over three days in the land we're living in uh, and where we've been for the last 22 years. Um, but it's also us singing into the future of we're gonna see the goodness of the Lord in this land. Um, and this track, I believe um, is a song that we wrote in that season of the craziness of COVID and the, the crazy fear that was swirling in so many people's hearts. We wrote it right at the beginning of the COVID season. And um, we we just said, we wanna write a song about the core tenets of our faith, because mm-hmm. we were seeing as as the storm of so many, pr- so many pressure systems have just been brewing these last few years, we, we were seeing so many people begin to question everything. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of started with, let's write a song about, I believe in the blood of Jesus. I believe in the power of the gospel. I believe like, what are the things that we believe? coming from the Psalm 27 moment where David said, I believe I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land I'm living in. So me, Melissa, um, our dear friend, Stephanie Gretzinger, and another friend, Jason Ingram and Amanda Cook. um, We brought those ideas to the table And uh, this song of joy and passionate triumph of like, I believe, I believe, I believe that the gates of hell will tremble when the church begins to sing. Uh, It kind of, in in about a day, this song just kind of exploded out of our heart, but it didn't have a bridge. Uh, And the next day, our dear friend Amanda Cook was visiting the studio. Uh, And she's like, could I just like hang out in the back while you guys write? And we're like, no, you're going to come write with us. And halfway through the day we're writing and she starts playing this melody on the piano. And all of a sudden this bridge comes out where sing it to sing it to the daughters, sing it to the sons, to every generation. Look at what the Lord has done. Um, And... Yeah, just this, this, and that's so much of what this land is that we're living in. My dad founded this land. He shouted the acts of God into us. And now my son, a 20-year-old, is holding the camera filming this project, first worship album filmed on, uh, captured on the land, three generations in the room, Haven, our daughter behind us dancing through most of the songs, uh, just fully pouring out her heart with the 14 years of students um, singing uh, these lyrics to sing it to the daughter or sing it to the sons. Yeah. So that, that's what I believe is. And that's what, uh, the land I'm living in is.
1: Oh, it's such a joy to hear the backstory. Cause I'm thinking if you could have seen me the last two months driving back roads over half of Colorado singing this anthem, like singing to the daughters, singing to the sons. And it's like, this is the land I'm living in, right? Colorado is where God has firmly planted my family, our redemptive community in this mission. So it's like hearted around the globe. And to think that this is it, me uh, Melissa, as you said, lighting the beacons. These beacons are being lit and all around the world. People are singing together. It's powerful. Let's go in. Let's hear the song.
4: The Singing
0: our country, in our time, right now. In the land
5: we're living in, healing, healing over the land. In the land we're living in, Lord.
3: In the land we're living in, God. We're asking for reconciliation sons and daughters waking up for revival of the heart to hit our nation in the land we're living in God in our time not in 30, 40, 50 years now right here, right now in the land we're living in God you are echoing justice you will have your justice, O oh God. You will have your justice, O oh God. You will have your justice, O oh God. Pour your oil out on our nation. Pour your oil out on our nation, O oh God. We need healing. Healing in our nation, God. The kind of healing that only the blood of Jesus can bring. We're asking you to go deep, 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 deep into the memory, deep into the pain, deep, deep, deep. We're asking for breakthrough in the land we are living in.
1: We pause, we pause here and we ask God that you would catch our hearts in this place here with Melissa, Jonathan. I stand as one contending for the hearts of this global fellowship, receiving your heart through this music, through this encounter in this moment. God, we do declare and we do confess. I choose to no longer be a slave to fear. I choose to receive my inheritance as your son. I choose to open the doors of my soul, the doors that have been closed, that have been barricaded to receiving this revelation that I am the Son of God, and therefore I must become the Son of God. I ask, Holy Spirit, would you give me the grace to open up doors that only I can open, to receive afresh, to receive more deeply a spirit of sonship. God, I pray that courage would rise up from within me in places of reluctance. Jesus, the scriptures say, when I was beleaguered and bitter, when I was consumed by envy and ignorance. Still, I was in your presence, and you choose to father me, to take me by the hand. With wisdom and tenderness, you lead me. And then, Father, you bless me. And so I open my hands and my heart in this moment to be blessed by you, Uh, the place that this worship is wanting to access. I open up my hands, I open up my heart, and I ask that you would bless me, that I would grow in my capacity to want to want you, to be able to say you're all I want, that I love you with more and more of me. God, I pray that you would train me in living more and more in your presence, to be refreshed by your life, even in the midst of real struggle. Father, I say, you're my home. Help me come home. I receive you, God. I receive you, God. I receive you, God. Amen.
0: Yeah, so we make space Maybe three years ago, four years ago, we were in the middle of a school, and I was spending the morning home. I think Jonathan was teaching, and uh, I was just spending some time with the Lord. Uh, it was it was probably more the middle of the school, so I was pretty tired physically, um, and really d- just sitting with the Lord. I really needed Him to come, you know, and. But I really wanted to take time. We, you know, we've been talking about patience. Like me, just learning to sit and be with the Lord has been a, a huge theme for me in the last decade. And so, I, I was sitting there and I was actually listening to like some classical music. Um, this uh, artist called Max Richter, and and I was listening to this very um, beautiful violin, just kind of not frantic but very like alive piece of music on repeat. And, uh, and I was just listening to it over and over. And I just pulled I started, started doing some painting and just like probably for 45 minutes, I listened to the same song on repeat. And, and as I was just listening to it and ruminating in it and sitting with it, um, I started singing that, that melody. Come in and fade, take over this space. And it was really a prayer for myself. Like, surround, engulf, press in, I'm ready higher deeper wider now you rise up we bow down i mean it was like but it was like all into this this beautiful like classical like just energetic beauty of music and and i was like oh man that's special like it was like my my song prayer to the lord and so i just tucked it away and when we are coming into this this album, I was like, I really want to finish this song. Like, I want to, I want to finish it. And again, this is one we actually wrote with Stephanie Getzinger as well and Jason Ingram. But Stephanie is a very, one of my best friends. And we both carry that really beautiful mothering heart to pull people into the presence of the Lord. And so she was really the perfect person to write this with. And as we got in there and we're just like, Oh man, like we felt the joy of the Lord in the most tangible way. We were in the studio and writing and her daughter Wonder was there and she was just dancing around the studio. I mean, it was like there was so much energy, right? Yes, like yes. it was it was cr- it was just crazy. And when we when we wrote the bridge, I, me and me and Stephanie were like coming out of our skin. We we're like, oh my, like this is it, like this is it, and just feeling that, like you know, come and take up residence. I mean, have you ever heard of this word "residence" in a, in an actual song? <laughs> like Jesus, Jesus, welcome in. We're clear. We're clearing out the clutter for the only one that matters. Like, and it just felt again. If like back a couple episodes ago, we we're talking about. The album, the Lord really spoke to me. Like, what do you want a generation to sing? And I think the privilege as songwriters is I get to actually put language into someone's mouth. And then that language, my prayer becomes their prayer. And my breakthrough becomes their breakthrough. And that moment I had at my kitchen table of dropping into the presence of the Lord, like now that encounter, they get to draft off of my encounter. And um and this song feels like that. When we when we did it live, I I I don't know that I felt that much like electric energy in a room um in a really long time. Like it was just, and it's really the, it's just the joy of the song, right? Is just crazy. And I think even I, I love that at the end of the song we go into this whole spontaneous thing, which was like it kind of drops right in which is actually what happened which is very unusual normally i'll let the people play like the band play for a little bit and then i'll you know but as soon as we like landed the song i was so in the zone i was in the joy zone like i i was there and, his, <laughs> and and all the students were there and i and it just came out i mean i just it was like just bursted out of my soul. Just the bye-bye clutter. I mean, and as soon as I sang it, everyone just like, Wah! you know, it was so awesome. It's like one of my favorite moments I've ever led worship. And then just singing that, bye-bye, 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 like just get the clutter out of my life and and just making space for God. I think that's that is the last 20 years yes. of our journey with the Lord. Like, make space for Jesus and make space for sorrow, make space for joy, make space for the quiet, make space for the loud, like make space to be strong and soft, like all, like there's so much tension, make space for it, like make space to hear the Lord. And so much of our journey is the yielding, like we've come to yield to you, God. And so I love that it, it's like a very serious song wrapped in a ton of joy. And I think the older I get, I I what I know to be true more than anything is that yielding to the Lord is is the most joyful like beautiful thing that I do. And it's not always happy, <laughs> but it is the most like because he always shows up and that like the yielding, making space, clear out the clutter, all of it, Lord, like it, that has been one of my deepest prayers. And so I'm, yeah, I just, I I love this song. And I, now that it's kind of been out, I, my, like just, especially when my friends send me, they're like, I'm in my car, I'm screaming at the top of my lungs, you know, just praying, like, get the clutter out, Lord. And I'm like, yeah, that's exactly what, that was my prayer, like, and that was what the Lord charged me to do. put words into people's mouths that's powerful and and that gives them language, you know so it, it it's a it's a wild ride
1: it is oh, it is a wild one. so I was holding on to this album when Jonathan sent it to me, and you know when you have a gift for someone you love and they don't know you have it, but you know you have it for them. I was waiting to share it with Sherry going, guess what I have, babe? And I'm just like kind of hoarding, kind of waiting. And then there's a moment where I share it with her and I just kind of wait to see what happens. Two days later, she shows up at my office, knocks on the door, which is always this wonderful disruption. and, And she's holding her phone with this song. We make space saying, we have to worship this We have to worship to this song together right now. Will you worship with me? I said, you bet, babe. So we sit down and it's, and we're, you know, bye-bye. I mean, you know, the bye-bye clutter. We're in my office, we're jamming out and we're sitting there. And like you said, it's this holy, wild permission. And you don't even, you don't know how much clutter you have and how little space you've given to God until you announce it. And so now we're sinking into it. And then in this moment, and I don't often have kind of visions, but like very picture, like my sanctified imagination is not as robust as I hope it will be someday. But Jesus was in the room and he had a pad of sticky notes and a Sharpie. And he asked me, will you allow me to label the clutter? And you guys, I could feel this thing of nope, nope, because I trust you to be right but I'm not ready to know because there are things that I have deemed really important. And you're gonna put a sticky note that names them clutter. And we're sitting here and I'm just feeling so much ambivalence, but the spirit's opening me up and Jesus just looks at me and he just, it's just like, will you just give me the reins? And so he just starts writing down clutter, clutter, and he's labeling things. And it was so disruptive, like, I I wanted to just like say, that's enough. That's enough for now, you know? So I I wanted to share that story, you guys, because it's working. Your prayer became our prayer. And we opened the gates of our kingdom to let the king in and he has his way. And now we get to do with it what we want. But I wouldn't have known how to get there without your pastoring me into that moment. So this song is powerful.
3: There is space for you There is space for you Hello clarity there is space for you
1: Oh, friends, it's so good. It's such a gift to have this holy access, sort of a kingdom backstage pass. Um, I know there's so much that goes into every one of your songs, stories, experiences, and they're a culmination, um, I'm sure, of what God is doing so much in your life. Uh, This next song, Without Caution, what led to the creation of this work?
2: Yeah, I had this, um, this moment where this song began, Uh, we, we live on the East Coast in North Carolina, but we're still about three hours from the beach. And um, ever since uh, our kids were born, at least once a year, we would go see the Atlantic Ocean. Sometimes we see it more than once a year, but they're gonna swim in the Atlantic at least once a year. Haven would have been 15 years old, and the last few years she's fallen in love with surfing. Um, And we were having our big staff beach trip uh, in May that we head down to the beach, we take all, 30 to 40 of our staff and rent out this huge house and just spend a week in family together before we move into our school season of discipleship of pouring out. And uh, this was 2020. And our staff beach trip got canceled because of COVID. Uh, They literally closed most of the beaches for a few weeks, and I mean Haven's heart was just crushed. Like all all winter, she's just dreaming about getting back into the ocean, you know, and surfing. And and then we just had this kind of miracle where two weeks later they reopened the beaches. The house wasn't booked, and the owner extended the dates to us, and we were gonna we were able the trip got redeemed, and we're able to do it. Um, So this is also after we've all been kind of You know, closed in for two months. So getting to go to the beach at the beginning of COVID was like a huge gift. You know, huge gift. Um, The whole time, Haven's just wanting to unpack as quick as possible so she can get the surfboard and me and her can get into the ocean. And she's still at this phase where she really, she really didn't surf without me at this point. Like I would, I would be the one to push her into every wave. And um, so she's waiting on me. She's like, Dad, are we done? Are we done? Can we get in the ocean? Can we? We get in the ocean, you know, and finally we get enough stuff packed up where she, you know, we grab our board and we we just make that run to the beach for the first time getting into the water, and um, as we. I just watch her run in the water without caution, without reservation. She's just running full steam ahead, um, and it's early, like May, so the water's still kind of cold, you know. <laughs> and so I'm I'm following in my daughter's footsteps, and we hit the ocean, and I'm I'm a little cold. I'm I'm an older man now, so I'm like, whoa, this is cold. Uh, but I we get out there, and we get and we get to that beautiful waiting place where we're waiting on that first wave of the season. And as I as I'm entering the water, I'm emerging myself into it to a week of rest with our staff and family, I just didn't realize how much anxiety was in my body from the, the two months of COVID, the rebooking of the house, all the, I mean, we canceled every retreat that we had booked. Uh, we thought we were gonna have to cancel all of our schools. You, you know, everyone's having to deal with this, but I didn't realize how much anxiety, how much fear, panic was in my body. And as I'm fully giving myself to vacation, fully giving myself to rest and entering into the water with my daughter, I just, I felt it coming out of my body and, and i like wasn't even thinking about writing a song i was just wanting to sing like some gratitude to the lord to be at the beach and i just sang i give you my heart I give you my hands, I give you my soul, all that I am. And just that line I sang over and over as I'm getting Haven ready for the first wave, you know, because yeah. it was like I was giving. When, when you go, because, you know, I've gone on some vacations that I don't fully give myself to vacation. Yes. I'm, I'm emailing, you know, a couple times throughout vacation. I'm going to schedule a couple business calls. I'm going to do a couple things. Um, and over the years, me and have learned like, are we going to fully give ourselves to vacation? Are we going to fully give ourselves to Sabbath today? Or are we going to, you know, as Eugene Peterson calls it, are we going to have a bastard Sabbath? <laughs> and are are we are we going to fully give our hearts, give our hands, give everything? Um, so that was where the chorus was born. It was in that moment of my daughter, without reservation, just watching her in childlike abandon, give herself to play and me following a little child shall lead them like she was leading me into giving my anxiety away and giving myself to that moment of surfing with her. Um, And so for us, uh, so many of our songs, they'll come, like the spark of the song will come in an everyday moment. And then we'll take that little spark back to the to the woodshed and we'll start crafting with it. And we'll start like, wait, maybe there's more to that. And you start taking that and you start growing a fire with it. Um, so I, I took that. I give you my heart, I give you my hands, give you my soul, all that I am. I grabbed my guitar when I got back to the beach house and just sang the rest of the chorus. I give you my praise, I give you my song. Without caution, I give you all my love. And over the next like month, two couple months, we began to attach a verse to it and then attach a bridge to it. Um, But it was born in that just the moment of abandonment, like. Uh, and abandoning myself to something good. You know, it wasn't a moment of like giving myself to something hard. It was like surfing with my daughter, but like choosing to enter into the water with her and, and give myself to the moment.
1: And sometimes that's the hardest thing is to, right? Is to live in your inheritance as a son or daughter and say, I give my own soul permission to receive the lavish gift of my father. And it's fascinating as you're describing the backstory, Jonathan, I'm I'm aware that it's almost like God wants to bring something of his heart, of his intention, something very particular, and the song almost becomes a vehicle to manifest that message. Because when you're describing that moment of total abandonment, all in with Haven I didn't know that story but then when I've worshiped to the song and you have 80 to a hundred of your students, your alumni, the the words that came to me just as I've worshiped to this song is solidarity all in all of us beyond words, choosing to align with a God beyond our understanding with God just bathed in saturated mystery. So it's like that same um, energy atmosphere of God. That it was birthed in is actually a vehicle for the song, it, it, and um, and it's and I didn't even know that. So that's incredible. It's, it has incredible power. Yes.
2: Oh, come on. Yes. So good. Yes. And I I love um, I I. When we write songs, many times I'll I'll write a bridge where it's too high for me to sing. So I can I can tag team Melissa in and, and she can yes, die, no longer yes. slaves as one. Like I can't sing that bridge. I have to like hand hand the baton over to Melissa. But on the bridge it's uh no more limits on my love. Without caution I will come and pour my love on you. I break the bottle of my praise, give it all without restraint, I waste my life on you. And it's, you know, that's the moment of the woman at Jesus' feet breaking a bottle worth a year's wages. Like, what What kind of bottle of perfume is that? A bottle of perfume worth a year's wages, worth $30,000, $40,000, whatever, you know, whatever you make in a year, she's wasting it. And, and, uh, just to have that moment where I get to tag Melissa in and how many moments I've had with Melissa where I've seen her break the bottle and just waste worship on the Lord and pour out, uh, just pour out her heart. So it's such a, I, I love the way we get the tag team on that song, but then how I've always wanted to get that that story of the woman breaking her bottle of praise um, into a song somewhere. Yeah. Um, and that she was like, I, I love that the first worship leader in the New Testament is a woman. And the first evangelist in the New Testament is a woman being sent back, go tell go tell the boys I'm alive and I'm going to my father and your father. And uh, just to even what God's doing in the earth with with women in worship and the way they're leading us, like the woman at breaking the bottle of perfume was leading. I mean, the boys in the back are questioning, like, hey, Jesus, we could have sold this, we could have sold this bottle of perfume and done something good with it, you know? And he's saying, wherever the gospel is preached, what she has done will be talked about. Uh, The worship she's poured on my feet will be remembered in forever. And uh, just what God's doing and how much I've learned watching Melissa lead, Stephanie lead, Amanda lead, so many dear friends um, leading us to the feet of Jesus To. I think, as, as a man, there's many times I can have caution and reservation and be safe. My need to be in control um, yeah. keeps me many times it keeps me in the back of the room when I could be down there at the feet of Jesus and have intimacy and touch with him, but I'm in the back, like counting my, <laughs> counting my coins and you know, just missing a moment. So I'm just so grateful for where, where Melissa takes this song to.
0: Yeah, and we wrote a portion of it with Jen Johnson. I remember when we were working on it and she went to that that different chord. Yeah. And she sang the oh I won't forget, I won't forget what you've done. Yeah. And we were like, man, okay, like this is even just the whole part of the song that is about remembering. Yeah. Like I will remember what you've done, oh God. It's is so beautiful. It's true. Even that part that she brought was so Beautiful. Yeah. Like that melody. Yes. That chord change. It's just usually one chord change (laughs) that takes you in a totally different direction.
2: And I feel like just on a musical level, this song is like it sounds like North Carolina, you know. It's got the lap still. The most down home of all of Down home and The uh, just the sound of the students on this one. If if you haven't, you know, we're gonna play the song for you guys. You can hear the audio, but you got to go watch the video of this one uh, because it's it's the last song on the album, and it's the last song we tracked over those three days. And it was kind of it was a crescendo moment of the album. And there's a moment at the end where all the students rush to the center of the room, and we just kind of have this joy bomb party, uh, and we're singing the just the melody at the end and um it was a special moment too cuz my dad and mom were in the room. So if you watch to the end of the video, you'll see my dad lift up a shout with everyone. It was a special moment.
0: Yeah, I think we we do. We all we all have that beautiful like bottle of worship mm. that he's so worthy of. And so I think going into this song, it's it's not the quiet, like fragile. Let's break the bottle. It's the, it's the joyful kind of romping. Like let's let's give it all. Like let's yes. give it all to the yes. Lord, and let's um, without caution. Like let's throw caution to the wind and give Him the offering that He deserves. And so, yeah, I just charge you guys to, to to go into it with that kind of joyful desire to really give the Lord everything.
4: Okay, so I freely lay mine down tonight I give it all
1: Friends, as I stand with Jonathan and Melissa, I name out the reality of God's kingdom, that God's economy is not our economy. The poet Gerard Manley Hopkins once said, Gloriously wasteful art thou. We look at nature and it reminds us of God's abundance and his willingness to throw caution to the wind to risk more. He gives us permission to risk because he is coming to provide everything we need that to practice generosity actually dismantles an internal culture of self-sufficiency. And so friends, as we close this part three, my invitation to you is to linger. Where is it that God would have you risk? Radical generosity, radical acceptance, radical authenticity, radical risk. What's next in your initiation? Friends, we'll linger for 90 seconds with this question. I'll give you the gift. Of 90 seconds pause before we move to other things and we look forward to being back together with you soon for the part four and final episode of the become good soil podcast the land i'm living in with jonathan and melissa helser let's
3: linger